eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. and Odyssey Insider Cody Decker. Welcome to another episode of Big Time Baseball. We've got a little change in, I guess we'd call it a flavor profile, right? John Heyman obviously has been a co-host on this show, but now we've added my man Cody Decker uh, one of the Odyssey baseball analysts that we have, one of the many great ones. Cody, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for uh, jumping on and being my co-host. Cannot stress enough how excited I am to be on here with you, man. Uh, I have had so- nothing but amazing experiences with you all the way down to when I was in rookie ball with the Padres. So being here with you right now, man, <laughs> I am fired up. Well, I-, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't jump into it and talk about the the designation of Albert Pujols this past week uh it pretty much was I think a shock to baseball but you know when you look at the Angels I don't know if they thought they would be competing but they are in the American League West right now what do you think it kind of makes a little bit of sense right it actually makes a lot of sense. You look at who they got out there. You know you you know you want a DH Otani. You know you want to get Walsh out there. And unfortunately, Albert, I'm a big Albert Pools fan. I've been Me a too. Albert Pools fan. My, yeah, man. I mean, how can you not be? I, I think about that Brad Lidge home run at least once an hour. And <laughs> I'm just a huge fan. Everything that he's done for the game. But we can't sit here and pretend that he's the same Albert Pools he was 10 years ago. He's just not. And as much as I want to see that same retirement tour going to every stadium and, you know, watching teams like the Rays handing him like a, a, a set of seats from the stadium because of, yeah. he hit a home run there and those exact seats once. Of course, I want to see all of that. But like you mentioned, the Angels are competing and I don't think they thought they would. Because look at that division. It's always been for the last you know five, six years run by two teams. You got the Astros and you got the Oakland A's. Yeah, and the Angels yeah. have been, haven't even been in the third place slot with that for the last few years. They have been more or less an afterthought. And here they are competing right now. And they got some young talent. I didn't think their pitching could hold up. And I still don't think it can. Right. But if, right. They, but if they make some moves by the middle of the season, you never know. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of good points there. Because first of all, Angels are still in the cellar, but this division is a lot closer than it has been the past couple of years. As you mentioned, Oakland and and, and Houston really have dominated the the AL West over the last four or five years. And so, uh, 
not only that, I think the emergence of Otani, right? Before mm-hmm. you could get away with having Albert on the roster because you didn't really know what you were going to get out of Otani. Yeah, he's been hurt. He's been dealing with different things. They didn't really quite know how to use him yet, it seems like. Now they've they've kind of found a sweet spot. He's been healthy at least early on, and we can't have this conversation without mentioning the young kid, Walsh, who has stepped in. And now he really is, the besides Otani, he's the other piece that, that forced – forced the, the angels hands here Cody completely and you can't you can't look what he's doing I mean he has been a lightning rod in that offense and this is an offense that has a surging Justin Upton which is awesome to see Justin swinging it the way he, yeah, he always knew he could and of course oh that Mike Trout guy happens to be over there too <laughs> one of the things I saw yesterday just a quick note on, on Mike Trout they were, they were showing I saw a stat line of guys who've who's um whose launch angle has decreased the most in the league. And it's ironic that all three of those guys are some of the best hitters in the league right now. Mike, Mike Trout's arguably having one of his best years. I know it's early. We're not even through May yet. But uh, he was second on the list in terms of uh, that launch angle and how it's gone the opposite way. And I think you're going to start to see that trend pick up here over the next few years as Baseball kind of readjusts. All right, Cody, let's slide into the AL East. Obviously, uh, a division that I think most folks thought the Yankees would would be on top, but that hasn't been the case. Boston, who got off to an atrocious start in April, um, all of a sudden is sitting atop of that top of that division. Now, I got to be honest. I don't know that we've seen enough to say that it's real, but it's certainly a surprise early on in, in, as we got into May. Oh, it sure as hell is one big surprise. Those bats have been carrying them. But again, not unlike the Angels, I don't like the arms. I don't see them sustaining as time goes forward. But there are going to be a lot of free agent relievers that are going to be available when it comes to the trade deadline. Max Scherzer is a name that immediately comes to mind. And I think a lot of people are going to be all over Max Scherzer when it comes to the trade deadline. Uh, the the Yankees, I think, are going to be fine. They've won seven of their last ten, and we all know what they're going to do. They're going to just outbreak everybody. They're right. just going to bang the ball, bang the ball, bang the ball. And it was only a matter of time before their bats got going. Stanton is starting to look exactly like Stanton has always looked. And yep. finally, Yankee fans are going to have to shut up about him for once. I'm actually loving this portion of the Yankee season right now. I, um, I, I, I'm doing, I feel the same way, especially about Stanton, right? It seems like anytime Barrel gets the ball, watch out. It's going to be at least 115 off the bat. Yeah, and I don't think, and, and a lot of people are complaining, like, "Oh, why is everyone talking about lo- uh, about uh, exit velocity?" Guys, we talk about exit velocity because a ball that's hit over a hundred miles per hour is very hard to field. Not to mention, <laughs> if it's just one foot to my right, that's one less step I can even take to a ball. One eighteen, that's going to break my glove. It's incredible. Yeah. That's why we talk about it. I, I tell the story all the time. My my last year playing in the big leagues was with Philly, and I remember Larry Boa asking jimmy rollins to come in on, on an infield in with john carlo and he oh. he shook he, he shook his head no twice and stayed and stayed at his position and larry ball left him alone he completely understood yeah, no uh, what was shot. going on that's a firing squad i'm good <laughs> uh the orioles i mean another surprise team and i know they started to come back down to earth a little bit but uh, are are they a little bit ahead of schedule compared to where were they we thought they were 
They might be. And not only that, what's been really surprising about them has been their arms. Uh, No one was expecting anything. In fact, when Major League Baseball put out their gambling odds, Major League Baseball, the only team they put down for getting to the World Series at 0.0 gambling odds. I saw that. And that's for Major League Baseball. They gave they gave the Rockies a 0.1 shot. Like that's how they thought of the Orioles. <laughs> for sure. I mean, that 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 uh NL East uh at this point, I mean, Baltimore as I said has fallen back down to the pack. Mm-hmm. I, are we a little surprised about Toronto? They haven't quite hit the stride that I think a lot of people thought they would be hit. I'm I'm just not sold they're that team yet. I still think they're not. You know what they're giving me the feelings of? They're giving me the feelings of the 2014 Kansas City Royals, the team that was starting to surge, but yeah. not quite there yet. It took the net. It took. Oh, I'm sorry. Not even 2014, 2013. That 2013 team then turned into two straight World Series appearances. I'm getting those same vibes from this team right now, and I'm really digging them. They're young. They're dynamic. Every one of their dads are Hall of Famers. You just got to dig them. <laughs> yeah, no, good point. You can't go wrong. I think you see some of the value across the league in, in, in some of these, not just players, former players' sons, but guys who've had a chance to be in, in the locker room at, a, at an early age. You get a chance to see how that kind of helps develop a team a little bit faster. All right, let's slide to the National League East. And I think the biggest story out of there right now is the, the, the rat and the raccoon, right? It, it, you got the Mets. Uh, getting into what I think most people believe was a scuffle, but was turned into some type of uh, sideshow with a rat and raccoon. But the Mets sit atop the National League East and a division that I think uh, maybe next to the National League West will be the most competitive division in, in baseball. Completely agree with you, and I'm going to tell you right now, and I've said this from the get-go, the three teams that I am going to just love watching all year are the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, and I'll even throw the White Sox in there, but the Mets to me are the most fascinating team there is. You know, everyone was giving them a lot of grief for not hitting with runners in scoring position. Look at that lineup, man. You know that team's going to hit. You think think Lindor's going to hit 170 all year? The guy's one of the best players alive. He's going to have a hell of a year, and the Mets are going to be just fine. You got Dom. Hell, that's a team that has Dom Smith on the bench. That is the greatest bench in the history of baseball. Yeah. No, there's there's no doubt about it. That that team, uh, I, I, I am going to enjoy watching Philly too. I think that's a team that oh, yeah. uh, you're going to have to watch out for if that bullpen can hold up. We know how how tough they've had it over the last few years with the bullpen. Atlanta has been a little bit of a surprise. I thought they would be the the cream of the crop, and they still very well may be when it's all said and done. But um, they've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. But you see their bats starting to pick it up. What does a team like Miami do though? Because they're they're competing in this division. They seem to be a, a maybe a bat, an arm away from being extremely competitive in this, in this division. Do they push forward and try to trade for one should the opportunity present itself, or do you stand pat and let your guys continue to develop? I gotta say, with a new GM in there, I don't know what we're gonna get. I'm really, I'm really interested in what we're going to get. Are they going to try and continue to compete in that division this year, or are they gonna stand pat and try and compete next year? I tend to lean towards standing pat. I really like these young players, and I really think if you give them a real chance to grow throughout the rest of the year, next year you might get one more arm, one more bat to really make the difference in that division. But I really, as much as I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Braves and Mets are just going to be dominate this division. I still think they're just going to still be 10 games above the Marlins, no matter what they do. 
Yeah, no, you're probably right. That division is, they're going to beat up on each other, but the cream of the crop will, will have some separation, I think, from the from the, from the the bottom two uh, that end up in that division. All right, let's slide to the AL Central. I think, I know myself had the White Sox winning this division. Uh, they have found their way back up at the top of it, uh, followed by Cleveland, which I think is a little bit of a surprise. I think I would have had uh, Minnesota there. And the surprise team in this division has been Kansas City. You mentioned that 2014 team. They kind of are in the same spot right now, it seems like. It, they really are. And I, I mean, I, I didn't really see them as much of a surprise. I really loved the moves they made, getting Ben Attendee over there. I thought that bringing in um, uh, Santana was a, high, yeah. a potential high-impact, low-cost move. I thought it was a great move. And their young bats have been getting steadily better every single year. And they got some arms. I mean, Duffy is having a hell of a start to his year. Um, Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Probably not. I don't see them sustaining. But yeah, uh, not unlike unlike we were talking about earlier, that same feeling of a team that's getting ready to really roll in their division. The Indians, to me, are completely a surprise. I thought they'd be in the cellar, especially after losing Lindor. I thought they'd be getting ready to trade Bieber by the trade deadline. That's just what it looked like. It looks like they were punting. But they still are finding ways to win, despite leading the AL in errors. Right, right. And not only that, you got a team like Minnesota that's really underachieved Oof. at this point because I thought they would be the team that would be competing with Chicago for sure. But it And it could very well be. I, I, I say everything with the caveat that it's still May. We got a lot of season left to go. A lot of different things can happen. Uh, in terms of Kansas City, I got a chance to see them in spring training. And, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in the spring training, but there was just something about the way they played the game um, in the couple spring training games I saw that just kind of it, it kind of it kind of raised my eyebrows like this team could be pretty good and, and they've shown out pretty well uh, thus far let's slide to National League Central which is another this is you know what that we keep going through these divisions uh, Cody this should be this should have been the year that they actually did the expansion of the playoffs because it just seems like there's so much parity right now and as again that could change. But it would seem like this is the year that you'd want to have those extra wildcard teams. Yeah, you're not lying about the parity. Look at look at this league up and down. The teams that we thought would win 120, they're hovering around 500. The teams yeah. that we thought were going to win 30 are hovering, hovering around 500. I think that baseball, I think the best team and the worst team are a lot closer than we actually think. That being said, it is May. We know that things are going to kind of break through going forward. But yeah, I, 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 I feel the exact same way you do. Uh, nationally central Cardinals, they, uh, have started to assert themselves after uh, getting off to a slow April and the Brewers are a team still in there competing. They've been a little banged up over the course of the season. The Cubs are right there since he's right there. Pirates probably a little bit further back, but this is an interesting division. It is. I also see it as the weakest division in the Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Cubs are a team that severely disappoints me because I will never understand the U Darvish trade ever in my life. I totally understand on the Padres side, <laughs> the greatest trade ever. I couldn't believe what they got out, got out of this. But for the Cubs, a team that is literally right now one good starting arm away from winning that division, hmm. literally traded away the one of the best starters in Major League Baseball. And of course, look at the Cardinals. Come on, man. Death, taxes, and the Cardinals make the playoff <laughs> quietly. <laughs> it seems like no matter what happens, no matter how they you know, jumble up their roster. They find themselves usually at the top of division or competing for a wild card. 
I forgot that I I forget every year that the Cardinals even exist until <laughs> until they just pop up on my screen and I'm like, oh, that's right. They are currently in first place and have the third best record in baseball. Again, it's a nightmare. I can they just finish can they be the worst team in baseball just one year? Just once. I I, I can't remember a time in my life where they were. And I'm sure it's it happened a few times, but it just seems like as you said, every year you forget about them. Every year they they remind you that, hey, we're one of the best ran organizations in baseball. Now, you brought up the Cubs, and it it it, it it's it's disappointing on so many levels. Now, I have to be be honest. I am uh I was I'm somewhat of a recipient of the U Darvis trade. I get to cover him pretty much every game now and watch him pitch every fifth day. Um, but in terms of being a baseball fan, how, how do you explain this to your fan base, right? It seems like you may come to some type of agreement with Rizzo. It's not out the door, but it dirt certainly doesn't seem like Baez is coming back. It certainly doesn't seem like Bryant is coming back. You traded you Darvish. This is a team that won a World Series not too long ago. Like, how does a market like this um, go backwards when you see a t- a market like a-, a Kansas City Royals going out and adding to their payroll? Or even even worse, looking across town and seeing the White Sox adding all right. these guys. You right. know, the, the Cubs are a team that has been in the playoffs every year for the past five years, you know, and they've been in the World Series and won the World Series, as you just said. I, I don't seem seem to understand how a team like the Chicago Cubs, one of the most if there is a if one of the crown jewels of Major League Baseball, no trying to cry, cry poor. You just can't do that. It's not the case. We know you guys have money. You didn't need to unload Darvish. You, you certainly certainly have enough money to bring back Bryant. You can bring him back all of them, but you know Bryant's out the door. This revenge yeah. tour he's on right now <laughs> is just amazing. Every adjustment he made. You mentioned the launch angle with uh, the launch angle adjustments with uh, Trout. L- seeing the same similar situation with uh, with Bryant over in Chicago, focusing on getting on top of the ball a little bit more, which has always been the antithesis of his swing. And right. look at look what it's doing for him. I mean, he's absolutely crushing the baseball and he's at the point where he legitimately i know it's only may but he's legitimately in the talks for a potential mvp candidate no doubt and and i've always said it from the very moment i saw him um as a young kid at usd that as he got older that swing was going to be harder to maintain not because he couldn't do it but athleticism just father time starts to take his toll and that swing takes elite athleticism and he had it for a while but after a couple shoulder injuries age takes place that becomes a little bit more different uh a little bit different situation for you to maintain that swing and you've seen him make the adjustments and it's worked out good and and i truly believe we're going to start seeing that across baseball all right uh we've talked about the aos just finished the central i think it's only fair that you and i get into this nls both of us have pretty extensive backgrounds in the nls this is the most interesting division out of every division in baseball. A lot of people, including myself, looked at this as a two-team race. It's not, at least as of right now. The Giants are at the top of the uh, standings. You, you still got a team like Arizona competing, um, but it seems to be a three-team race now. And can we start with the Dodgers and their struggles? Because it seems like they've had the most struggles, I would say, out of everybody. Yes, let's start with the Dodgers. Now the Dodgers, let's let's be honest. I think we can all be I know we you and I are both love the Padres. I love the San Diego Padres so much, but we can't sit here and pretend that the Dodgers aren't the best team in baseball. No yes, doubt. they've altered lately. Yes, they've lost a what 12 of their last 15. 
yes, they've lost five series in a row. When was the last time they lost five series in a row? 2017. And that was between <laughs> the month of August and September. And then they went to the World Series. Right. So, I mean, let's be real clear. The Dodgers are going to be perfectly fine. That being said, what is their issues right now? Their bullpen is a mess right now. They have given yeah. up a lot of late leads. And that is a bullpen that is one of the best, not one of probably the best bullpen in baseball. But, you know, you're going to run training out there a lot right now. And he's cleaning up a lot of messes. And that's unfortunate because the Dodgers, who normally have one of the best bullpens right now, are ranked 28th when it comes to K and uh, walk rates, which is a problem. Yeah, I mean, they got some injuries there as well. Uh, and you know what? Quite frankly, they're not offensively clicking on all cylinders. They have some injuries. They're obviously missing Cody Bellinger. It's a big loss, right? Uh, they they had the young kid, McKinstry, who looked like he was going to be the next rookie uh, that came up and, and, and set the world on fire and was starting to do so. He gets hurt. And so this is a team that lost some guys that, you could plug in and, and, and play. Peterson's gone now. Uh, Hernandez uh, is gone. Uh, Kike. There are those guys as, as small and minute as it may have seemed at the time to lose out on guys. This is where you start to see it. When there's injuries and that depth is challenged. And now, listen, over a course of five, six, seven years now, you know, in order to stay at the top as they have, you have to give up pieces that, take away from that depth. And I think with right now what they're dealing with because of the injuries is they don't have the same quality depth that they have. And it's kind of cost them here lately as they've played probably one of the tougher schedules to start the season as well. You know, looking back these last five, six years for the Los Angeles Dodgers, can you honestly think about your entire career watching baseball at the highest levels, even the lowest levels? Have you ever seen an organization that just consistently brought up stars that just can keep no. coming up and competing it seemed like when a star no, player no, got and, oh yeah it seemed like when a star player got hurt they'd bring up a triple a guy who was even better and yeah. it was just fascinating that the dodgers were this factory and yeah it's seeming like finally their luck might be running out of that factory at the moment but once the guys get back healthy once they're a little less banged up not unlike the brewers that you mentioned earlier today uh you know i think the dodgers are just going to start steamrolling guys again no, I don't think there's there's any question. And you bring up such a good point, Cody, because you played the game for a while. I played the game for a while. I don't think there was any year that I can think of that they didn't bring up somebody that was an elite player, that, mm -hmm. that had the potential to be an all-star. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they were winning during those times, but they always have scouted and developed better than any team in the league. And I don't think it's really close, too. Uh, you look at the rookie of the years they put together. It seemed like they had a run there where it was back to back or back to back to back years. Five in a row, in fact, not in the yeah, 90s. Yeah. I mean, they've always, I mean, that's going back to when my dad was still in the league. I mean, that's how long this organization, at the very least, now they've taken it to another level when they brought in Friedman to kind of handle the, the everydays and the finances and the strategy behind how they were going to do it. But they've always drafted and developed, and I think that's what makes them an elite team. Now, uh, down where, where I'm at in San Diego, they've been dealing with, with similar situations. Um, offensively, they've been healthy, but they haven't lived up to what they did last year thus far. Where they haven't been as healthy is in starting pitching. They've been waiting for Denelson Lamette. Uh, they lose Adrian Mortehome for the year, who was 
uh, a young f- number five starter for that looked like he was on his way to having a, a, a terrific season. Uh, Weathers had a dead arm situation there. Um, and, and, and so when you couple that with Blake Snell not off to a good start, you've got about two or three pitchers there in that five, six-man rotation that aren't quite what you thought they could be at this point. Yes, but again, it seems like this seems to be a a full-on league-wide issue. All these yeah. pitchers that we expected to just dominate just aren't right now, and which is strange because pitchers are dominating the game, but it's not the pitchers we expected. Of course, you got the DeGroms and Coles out there, but you know, I'm looking forward to Lamette coming back. I think that's going to be a huge, huge deal. I'm a little surprised that they didn't decide to move him with the with the uh, postponement of yesterday's game. They didn't move him to one of the seven-inning games. Yeah. You know, you, you're not expecting him to go deep into a game. You might as well uh, take advantage of the fact that you have an extra roster spot for an extra pitcher. So I, I do think that's a bit of a misstep, but I don't think it's going to cost them. I think they're playing against the can- the Colorado Rockies, so it's like playing against me now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny because they end up uh, putting up a bunch of runs in that last game in San Francisco, and I thought to myself, what a better ramp to start off of going into a Colorado series when your offense has been struggling, you get a chance to, to go into Colorado where it seems like Although Colorado is a much better team at home, I believe they're ten and eight at home and two and fourteen on the road. So you're getting a different Rockies team, but offensively, you should feel good after a game like that at, at, at Oracle Park. Now you're going to Coors Field. You should have some momentum going offensively. What about the Giants, though? Uh, that's a team that is uh, is strategically set up for this offseason, right, where there's a bunch of shortstops going to hit the market. There's going to be a lot of pitching available. They bring some guys on on one-year deals, uh, Gossman being one of them, uh, Di Scalfani being another, and they've got some serious production out of those two guys to start the season. They have, and the Giants are scrappy. I kind of warned people before the the season started. Hey, just don't sleep on the Giants. Don't remember we slept on the Giants last year. I remember last watching, year, yeah, yeah. We we watched. I watched opening day, and I it was between the Dodgers and the Giants. And I just remember watch, listening to the announcers just talk up the Dodgers, which obviously they deserved. But the way they were describing the Giants is that it was almost unsafe for them to go out and play. I'm like these. That's a good ball club. <laughs> I looked up and down their lineup. Yeah, there's no real stars, but I played against Yastrzemski. That guy's good. Yeah. I played with Alex Dickerson. That guy could play. Yeah. Mauricio Devon is young, but that kid is good. I played with him. Brandon Crawford, still Brandon Crawford. Oh, and they're getting, and they were one game away from making the playoffs Yes, last year. Yes, I know it was a 60-game season, but they were without Buster Posey. I love Tyner Heineman, but he's not Buster Posey. Right, yeah, and, and look at Buster. I mean, takes a year off, and it's clear that, it's rejuvenated whether it just, and I don't think it's just physical. I think it's mental, right? You take yeah. a year away from the game and, and, and you can attest to this when you're away from it, you miss it, especially when you're in the, you know, the middle of your career. Um, he's come back. He's looked refreshed. Uh, his power seems to be back. Not to mention watching the last three games up in, in San Francisco. And this was apparent last year. It was just easier to, to justify because it was during the summer that we started the season. The ball is moving differently at Oracle Park. It has turned not just from a, a straight-up pitcher's park. It's, it's kind of gotten to the to the midpoint now. You're seeing the ball really jump. I know they move the fences in, but the ball flight there is different. And I think this team, as you mentioned, only missed the playoffs by by one game last year. They had to they had to take the Padres one, one more game, and, and Padres ended up winning that last one to eliminate them. But – this is a team that wasn't far off from the postseason last year, and you're right. 
They are a scrappy team. They they make you work. All of a sudden, you got Longoria swinging the bat better as well. That adds to it. Brandon Belt, he's been uh, swinging the bat well. So you got all these veterans that maybe you didn't anticipate having the type of season they, that they are, but they're right there in the, in the thick of it. And, and tell me this, in your opinion, I, I'm thinking about this all the time because before this season and last season, all anyone talked about was the Dodgers and the Padres, this year especially. You know, yeah. be, growing, I grew up a Dodger fan growing up in L.A. I got to play for the Padres for seven years, and I just fell in love with San Diego and how much they love the Padres. But the weird thing about it is the Padre fans always see themselves as the rival of the Dodgers. The Dodgers <laughs> and the rest of America have never seen it that way. This is honestly the first year that everyone seems to see it that way. And if you're a player on the San Francisco Giants, that's got to piss you off. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know I would be. You're, you, what's what? Who's? I'd be sitting there if I'm Brandon Crawford and saying, wait a second, who's the team that's won three World Series this last decade? Not only that, I mean, prior to this season, as you said, it, it, Padre fans have always thought of the Dodgers as a rival, having played in both organizations. The Dodgers have never looked at the Padres like that. They looked at the Giants like that, though. And now all of a sudden, if you're the Giants and you've been that rival for so long, and all of a sudden the team that you're in a rivalry with now starts looking at the other team the, in, down south as, as their true rival, and, you know, to be honest, the first seven games – kind of make it hard not to look at like look at it like that but you're right if you're if you're for if you're a giant you probably feel some type of way that all of a sudden things have changed and not only have things changed you're still sitting atop of the division right now yeah and no one's even talking about you it's fascinating really I mean it, it, I guess it's a better story to talk about the Dodgers struggles at the moment but the Giants are a really fun and good story and I really really I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain this throughout an entire 162 game season but they might. And you also mentioned the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are also a powerfully offensive club, but yeah. their arms are just too young right now. I think they still got a little ways to go. Yeah, I agree. The Diamondbacks are, are a, cut from the same type of cloth in terms of the scrappiness, but you're right. They don't have near the arm starting or really relieving to be able to compete in the National League West. All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Big Time Baseball. Uh, you can catch us every week. Uh, we'll have a little flavor for you, if you will, especially with my man Cody Decker now joining uh, the cast and crew here on, on the Big Time Baseball Podcast. Until next time, we'll check you out. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.